Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Hey, Boiling Pointers. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Before we start, Dave and I want to let you know all about our Boiling Point Process online courses, live events, and masterminds. After interviewing hundreds of leaders, we've packaged a ton of knowledge together to serve up to you. Info that will help you and your company be heard in a very noisy marketplace. So visit www.boilingpointprocess.com and sign up for the email newsletter and we'll let you know when our next cohort or event is. Thanks also for supporting The Boiling Point by subscribing to us on iTunes and also leaving a rating for us. Welcome to The Boiling Point, Zach. We're jumping right into this. So bring your microphone as if you're kissing it, Zach. Okay. Dave, this is my friend... Zach, who is uh, a dear friend of mine, but Zach um, looks different. He last time I yeah, saw him, like, even though I have never seen him before, I think he lost a few pounds, he, he but had, not not he from his hair. body. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I dropped a uh, locks. Dropped, I hear <laughs> dropped a few pounds from the the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have over the years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Zach, um, welcome to the Bowling Point. Uh, a number of episodes ago, probably a couple of years ago, we had Jeff Schnur, uh, your uh, I guess former partner in uh, yep. Community Forest International and uh, co-founder. Um, so let's just start with you giving us an introduction about who you are and what CFI is. Sure. So, and thanks for having me, guys. I'm really excited to be here. And thanks for being here in person. You drove all the way from Sackville. <laughs> or did you come here from Tanzania? One, one of the two. Uh, Sackville, this okay. time. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so... I'm a co-founder of an organization called Community Forest International, uh, co-founded with Jeff and uh, two other friends. And uh, yeah, we work helping communities uh, both in Tanzania and here in New Brunswick uh, to adapt to climate change. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. It started in a really sort of organic way, but, you know, the whole impetus for the organization and everything started in the tree planting camp in northern Ontario 10 years ago now. Um and yeah, Jeff was traveling and, and he was having conversations. Uh, he was in this small island uh, called Pemba in uh, the east coast of Tanzania, uh, in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And they found out that Jeff was a tree planter uh, and were like, oh, you can help us reforest our island because the island was quite deforested. And Jeff being 21 at the time, uh, you know, and if you knew Jeff, yeah, he's an ambitious fellow. So he w- immediately was like, yes, we can do that. We can help you re- restore your island. Came back. <laughs> Look, to- I mean, who says that, by the way? If you're, yeah. if you're just traveling and there's a deforested <laughs> island uh, dealing with drought and all the other social implications. And uh, this 21-year-old says, yeah, yeah, I'll give it a go. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it, you know, that's that's Jeff. And, and uh, but then, you know, he came back and, and, you know, I don't know how much you know about Canadian tree planting, but. You know, tree planting is great, but, you know, up there in the north, you're in a clear cut all day long. Like, you know, it's backbreaking work and you kind of, you get a little disenchanted. It's a monoculture species and, you know, you go out there wanting to do some real good work. And, you know, we were doing it, you know, going to university and really wanting to make a difference uh, and kind of got hit with the reality of it. And then, you know, hearing Jeff talk about, you know, this little seed that had been planted, uh, pardon the pun, in, in Tanzania, 
you know, I, I just became really inspired by it. And, and Jeff was a good friend of mine. And I was like, you know what, maybe we can do something. Maybe we can do this, you know. And uh, now it's 10 years on and we've we've planted 2 million trees on the island. Uh, and, and how big is that? Just for context. For... It's uh, about 100 square kilometers. It's okay. quite small. You know, yeah. for, uh, you know, as I mean, I don't know. There's lots of smaller islands, but yeah, it's it's not a big place. It has a really high population. People have been living there for centuries. Like people, it's a really, uh, it's like a trade route from Oman. There's like these trade winds that blow down from the Middle East. So there's this really, really ancient trade route um, happening there. And, and so the island has just an incredible diversity of plants from all the trading over the years oh, and, and, and really useful species of trees. So, you know, we grow 30, or I say we, the communities there grow 30 different species, you know, and they got mango, avocado, uh, you know, lychee, uh, date. They just have like, I could just go on and on. And, uh, you know, they grow vanilla bean and it's just an incredible cornucopia of products that they mm-hmm. can grow all from trees. So they're really in a great position. So we've been kind of working with them to, to build nurseries, to do research, to help, uh, you know, grab, uh, like, secure land for communities, just to, to transform their agriculture so it's more resilient to climate change. Because, yeah, like, the uh, a, a food system that's in a forest, you know, has all those benefits of a forest, of, of shade and re- water retention and, and all these really great benefits that, you know, make them less at risk for the changing climate. And just uh, really quick, wh- what happened? Like it was, it, it seems like it was deforested at a certain point. And I spent a bit of time in Haiti uh, exploring this issue where to cook food, people need charcoal. And a lot of the ways, this is the reason why Haiti got, one of the reasons it got deforested is because as soon as a tree gets big enough to even ha- have a chance of surviving, gets cut down, turned into charcoal so people can heat uh, heat their food, you know, for survival purposes. Yeah. Was something similar in, uh, on, on Pemba or is it like, like what happened there? For sure. Yeah, it's very, very similar. I mean, it's a high population, small landmass and people do cook with charcoal and with uh, with wood. So there's a natural resource pressure there. Um, so that's where a lot of the deforestation came. I will give them credit, though. I think if if uh, of the people I know here, if we were 400,000 people on 100 square kilometers, we'd probably get through it in a year. They, you know, <laughs> they, they rationed a bit. They they did a great job of it. But like, you know, at, at a certain point, there's some resource pressures there. Um, but, you know, that's one of the things we've kind of been tackling it from a lot of different positions. We don't just plant trees. We do a lot of trying to take a holistic view of it. So uh, we actually and we're really we try and take our, our cues from the communities there, because, you know, when we started this, we had no idea what we were doing. We we're like I said, Jeff was 21. I was 23. You know, we were not the experts. And it was clear who was the experts. It was the communities on the ground. We we're like, well, let's facilitate. Let's make this happen. And I think we forget that a lot of the time is that these communities, you know, going in and saying you have the solution just isn't a solution. It's a problem. Right. And and uh, so, you know, I think that was one of the biggest things we had on our side. We, we didn't know what we were doing. And then we went into it with some humility and just came with this great project that was really led by communities there. And and sorry, just to get back to what you're saying, we the, there was a woman who, uh, you know, we found that was doing this clay stove. She found the clay, made these stoves. I don't know where she learned it, but, you know, they use about half as much wood as just the three stone method, which is really common uh, there. And it's really smoky too. It's really unhealthy to cook in your in your house when the smoke is just like pouring over you. 
So uh, we just were really amazed with her design, kind of put her in a position to train other people, brought everybody together. And now those stoves literally are everywhere. They're everywhere we go. And it's, it wasn't an idea we brought in. We just, that's the idea of like the facilitation that can really be powerful. So would it, is it, and Jeff outlines this, this I mean, I'm recalling a lot of the story yeah. he outlined in a, in a podcast we did with him a couple, two years ago, maybe, I think. But like what, I, as I'm listening to you, so was it, did you, you I mean, and kudos to you guys. You saw a, a challenge you had people that are willing to collaborate with you and was a company born from that challenge like in Zanzibar like is that that's how we got our start yeah because yeah, it's yeah. so interesting right like <laughs> like we got a challenge we're gonna go and we're gonna help or be part of and I love how you say with humility which is I think is so smart you know mm-hmm. um, to, 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 to you know facilitate supporting change here we're we're young and naive enough, you know, to think we can make a difference, which you clearly have, which yeah. is must be so um, rewarding. And then, so then, so that now you've you've created a company around this, and it sounds like things are going well. So I understand. Is there like you have New Brunswick roots? Is there is there a connection to New Brunswick? Um, how does this, you know, how does that experience um, help your experience here or expansion of the company? I'm really curious about that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean. We we started there, and and I think really quickly, like you said, we're just inspired by what they were able to achieve. You know, uh, we started really small. You know, it was funded by like our peers. Like we didn't have any money from anywhere, and wow. and we just saw communities just like taking it up and doing really well. And we were like, this is incredible. So it pushed us to want to do more there, but it also made us realize that like anything is possible. And, you know, we want, these are the changes we want to see in our communities. Like, you know, we live in a rural place, like Pemba is a rural place. And, and so do we, we have a lot of the same challenges. Like, you know, uh, we have some issues around deforestation. They aren't the same drivers. Right. This is, um, and we're talking about New Brunswick. Now. Yeah. Sorry. So talking we, about New yeah, Brunswick now. Right. So, you know, and I think we were just inspired by our experiences to know that we could do this at home and that we should, we should do it at home. We should do it in both places. You know, it's like, we should do it in as many places as we can. Yeah. We're small, so, yeah. but we can certainly do it there because it's working and we can do it where we live. So what, what's happening here? I'm curious about that. Okay. Yeah. So let's jump into that. So, I mean, for a long time, again, we were so young. We, when we started, we just started finding like these old mentors like these people in the forest we'd go and like it's like the rural internet you know you talk to grandma and she tells you about like you know this this amazing person you you have to go and 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 see and talk to and so we sought out these people and and this is in new brunswick this is in new brunswick yeah yeah. and learn learned a ton about just about forest health and forest management and came became really inspired about, about what would be possible here in in new brunswick and then so we did workshops and then you fast forward uh to a point now where the world is, is starting to recognize that um, we need to kind of, you know, climate change is real and we need to to address is it? it. Is it real? <laughs> it's friggin' real. It's friggin' real. <laughs> let's, let's, not, let's not go there. Let's what, not go what, there. What, what did Trump say? <laughs> line, he was like, oh, we, we're, we're going to have great climate. It's going to be great climate. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to rake so, the forest. So yeah. Continue, Zach. Sorry. sorry no, no worries. Like no worries. There. Yeah. No, but yeah, we, no, so we're all in agreement that we, yeah. yes, we're gonna, we got to. We'll start thing. there. And I mean, you know, I, I got lots of other points we can make about that. But like, let's move. Yeah. Let's yeah. take that as the base. Yeah. So. Yeah, we we uh, we were starting to think. Well, there's nothing, you know. What we have right now is trees. Trees are incredible. My friend Dale talks about it. You know, he's he's really a driver of this whole work that we do around carbon forestry. And you know, he challenges people to think about trees 
as a new technology? Like, what would you do if you if I told you we had uh, a carbon vacuum that you could leave out all winter long that self-replicates that you know when you're done with it you can like is like an, uh, an incredible material that you can do a million things with that's trees yeah we have the solution like yeah. the, the crazy thing about climate change it's funny and these you, things it's we, funny when you <laughs> describe it that way it's like so exciting it's brilliant <laughs> you know, i want like, that I'm, inv- I'm investing <laughs> what is I'll it i'll throw money at you where do i where do i sign <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and like so we have the solutions i think that that's another thing you know i my work and I, I work across the organization because we're small and, and i'm a co-founder but i do a lot of work on communications and i am frustrated a lot of the time by how we talk about climate change as this like you know it's like oh it's gonna it's just the you know we can't can we do this it's so hard it's it's a challenge we need to do it like but it is gonna make our lives better like if we can if we can go to zero uh emissions like let's set that as a goal and as human beings if we hit that everybody's life is getting better the planet is getting better the economy is getting better like it's this is just it's just a fact of the matter. We need to do this, and we just need to step up and and stop dragging our feet. That's my, that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you need, but I mean, to do what you're doing, I, I think it makes sense to have that opinion. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and that's good. I mean, that's why we we need people. So so then you you so you look, and I'm, I just wrote down the ca- carbon forestry because I just never really uh, oh, yeah. it's a new term. I for didn't me. even answer your question. Um, sorry. But but so let's yeah. So no, no it, you are. You're slowly. We're getting there. But so what? So tell us about. Um, you get this wonderful province in yeah. in eastern Canada. Carbon vacuum. Carbon <laughs> vacuum. Yes, and and you're going to take some learnings, and you've got this passion for you know kind of what's happening. So yeah. So how does that start to to um, create an opportunity here? Well, you know, in New Brunswick, we have you know two really great resources. Obviously, our people we're incredible, uh, and then we are smack dab in the middle of of a, a huge forest base. Uh, our land is mostly forested. We have what's called the Acadian forest here. Uh, and I know a lot of people are like, forest, a forest, a forest. It's hard to to look out and see, you know, what what am I looking at here? Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Maritimes, a little bit of Maine, a little bit of, of, of Quebec is the Acadian forest. It is an endangered forest um, type. And uh, so... What we do, and it actually, it, it uh, unlike forests in California and other places, like the Acadian forest has a very, very low incidence of burning uh, or, or forest fire uh, naturally. Because of the diversity of the... Exactly. Yeah. And also just, uh, you know, we have a kind of a bit of a fog thing going on here. I don't I know, you noticed. guys are in St. John. I may have noticed that a few times. <laughs> yeah, so a really moist climate. We and have a natural air conditioner. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, we have this opportunity. The world is valuing trees more than ever because they're carbon vacuums. And, you know, not everywhere has trees. You know, Abu Dhabi, these places, they don't have, they don't have these, these, we do. And, and right now we, we, we only value trees at when they're cut as wood, as a product. Trees have zero value as living organisms that are doing a, a myriad of incredible functions for us. So the world right now is, has started to value carbon as saying, you know what, we've never valued the water, we've never valued the air, we've never done the accounting on this. We need to, or we're in a lot of trouble. So, you know, your pi- price on carbon, all this, you know, mm-hmm. my my f- my favorite carbon tax, mm-hmm. you know, like health tax or mm-hmm. any, you know what I mean? Like the- Not pollution tax, <laughs> no, carbon tax. Yeah. The, the framing's a little, uh, you know, off for us. But anyway, um, <laughs> basically, you know, what we've done is, is you know, our as an organization, we we really go for impact 
we want to see the impact on the landscape, you know, and for us, you know, forests and communities are the, we want to help communities, rural communities be healthy and we want forests to be healthy. Those are the impacts that we're shooting for. And rural so communities and forests. Yeah, okay. for sure. And, okay. and we, you know, I'm just kind of going on and on here, but the, the, <laughs> the thing is, is like, it's a po- you're allowed to, it's a podcast. Right it's on. <laughs> People are doing their dishes. <laughs> um, so, you know, the the one thing that I just want to kind of pre- the preface is all is those things of, of this is both those things are integral. You can't like for us, we don't we aren't into preserving nature and leaving humans aside. Love uh, protecting natural spaces just to be natural. Uh, that's so important. But we aren't going to solve the problem by putting a fence around nature and then just going on whole hog the way we want to yeah. or the way that we are currently. Yeah. Um and so where we are, we really work in this nexus point, both in Tanzania and in Canada around, let's work in harmony with the natural world and, and so that there's co-benefit. So this gets back to carbon forestry. We've gone the full circle. Um, nice. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm following. Cool. Which is, you know, uh, we protect forests and put them under man- uh, sustainable management yeah. um, and, you know, for two values. We harvest wood for sale, and we uh, value, we, you know, figure out the stocking, value the carbon that's being sequestered, and we, we, we offset companies uh, who want to oh, yeah. be leaders cool. in, in the environmental space. Cool. And so they, so they, would, they would buy shares, or how does that work? Like, what's the, Well, uh, let's, let's well, throw let, that to Greg. Let me tell you, Dave. <laughs> oh, so you only work with very internationally well-known. Well, so um, for... Me as the owner of a company, uh, and really the B Corp movement really kind of exposed me to this. You know, of course, I've always been had a heart for for nature and the environment, and uh, I think I'd be a uh, uh, you know a, 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 an entry level environmentalist, if you will. But in the context of building a business uh, and being in the B Corp community, I realized that everybody else was measuring their environmental impact. So. There's profit, planet, and people. Is right. the three P's right. of the triple bottom line company and for a B Corp. For well, for, I mean, it's just that's a universal uh, uh, metric. You know how how is your company impacting the bottom line, the economy, uh, the planet, and society? So we um, we always scored well on the social side, but we're always just kind of neutral on, on environments. You know, like we're a relatively low impact company by nature of being a film and digital company. But then I started realizing, I was like, holy jumpers, we're on airplanes. I was thinking so, that. I was just thinking about so that. So often. Yeah. Like, we're constantly flying. Yeah. Um, and then when I learned about uh, what uh, what Zach and Jeff were doing, um, we just had a little chat over a glass of wine. And we're like, we want in. How many of us wants in? Because Zach's team came up and just interviewed us, figured out how many miles we drive, figured out how much server space we're using. Because, like, if we got to... Uh, uh, videos up on Vimeo or on YouTube, uh, each of those sources actually have different carbon imprints. I mean, you get, you got, you, well, and you have videos from 10 years ago when we did a video well, together. I, that's so taking up server space. Yeah, that's taking, that's, that's burning carbon. Yeah, that's a Interesting lot of data. to note, YouTube is, um, uh, considers itself carbon neutral because of what Google invests in, in solar and other things. But like, these are things that I never thought of before, right. uh, but our big, big impact was with air, airfare. So I talked to my travel agent uh, amazing, amazing woman named Terry who just rocks, rocks it because she actually was at no extra cost for me, which is, she's amazing. She's got a spreadsheet of every single flight segment that we've done in the last two years. 
because we've been talking about working with CFI. So Hemings House now, we generally know uh, the amount of carbon tonnage that our company produces. The CFI team looks at the numbers and says, well, to offset that, you should probably buy or help us purchase and protect and sustainably harvest X amount of acres of a New Brunswick forest. So what makes me feel excited is what uh, what you just said, Zach, was it's not about putting a fence around this. It's it's about keeping uh, the forest industry alive. It's it's about continuing to harvest this and create value add out of the wood, but doing it in a way that's not clear cutting, doing it in a way that's not going to be a monoculture forest, doing it in a way that we actually have uh, you know a working uh, carbon vacuum. Did I explain it appropriately? You did there, excellent. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I'm, so I'm, I'm excited to, so as so a company, would, to, would to buy, be part of that. Would, he, would, would Hemmings House have so many acres in a particular Exactly. Uh, yeah, well, I, I did the numbers just to just to make sure I was on when, yeah. I, when I came here. But, yeah, we, we looked at it. And, uh, I mean, this is relatively new. But, yeah, it, I'm, and I'm so excited that you're you're on this with us, Greg. It's it's awesome because it, it is new. And it, it, it takes, you know, some leadership to be like, you know what? This is, this is a cost to our company. Yeah. But, you know, we care about the environment and we want to be carbon neutral so yeah so hemmings uh the the forest that we protected is actually in cambridge narrows it's part of a, a really important watershed the washtamoak and um yeah the the property it's about three acres a year that and this is old acadian forest like this is really healthy stuff and the and the thing about old forest in new brunswick is you know you can imagine we, we do a lot of cutting and and whenever it changes hands this is an, uh, an older woman uh who's woman's property rabina weatherly she's uh she's really she's actually i think canada's first forest pathologist oh, wow. somebody who really cares about the forest yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh you know she when when people uh when properties change hands in new brunswick when you're old you know the young folks aren't around they're away um there is a 95 percent chance in within five years that when land changes hands it will be clear-cut so that's it's very high. Wow. So so we we can you know pretty much rest assured that if we hadn't stepped in and, and purchased that property from Rubina, you know there's not a lot of people buying rural land for you know it's the people are buying and you're it buying at, it above market probably right or yeah, at least at market. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're buying it at 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 market. Actually, as a charity, we have to yeah we have to pay fair market value. But yeah, but, well, it, that's always a negotiation as yeah. well. But yeah. So you part of the service is you actually help them figure out how they, how much carbon they're currently um yeah using, using and and or or yeah and and then you you figure out okay well this is how you offset it right mm -hmm. and then so they would they so what is what is the transaction what are they are they buying the, the service no, off you or like i'm just trying to get a sense of it, it that we're getting into the weeds because it gets pretty convoluted i don't know if okay. the best person to really f flesh out all of the details but and, the, and the, here's why i'm asking yeah. is that because i'm i'm hoping someone else listening will be interested as i am going for oh, okay, sure I wanna, how does this work mm -hmm. right I, I think as a real quick way maybe is uh -huh. we're not getting uh, a certificate of land ownership through this transaction cfi owns it we're trusting cfi to manage, to it. manage yeah. it yeah and we are buying a um, section. It's kind of a like a handshake share, if you will. Uh, <laughs> but I can't go to the bank with it. <laughs> you know, that's mm -hmm. it's a CFI asset. 
Yeah. Um, am I saying that correct? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah which we, is a really great way. I don't want to yeah. manage a piece of property <laughs> like that. You know, I just want to offset the carbon. Yeah, and it's it's so yeah, they're buying an offset, which is uh, you know, uh, we are saying to our customers and to our employees, and you know, uh, we found that actually companies are really interested in in pitching this to their employees because employer uh, people want to work for an employee, uh, an employer, sorry, who, who really cares about the environment sometimes. Yeah. That, that could be a condition. Right. So, um, yeah, so w- they're, they're purchasing their n- neutrality. Uh, and what they're really doing, again, back to the impact, is they're protecting forests. Like carbon offsets are not all created equal. These, they, they, they really vary in price. And what we're doing is we're protecting a forest. We actually put uh, what's called a, a conservation easement on the property. It is a handshake, but it's also like we, we do our due diligence to to protect the properties, which is a lot more than most forest offsets offer. Um, and yeah, so we protect the property with an easement, and then we also are taking the responsibility to to manage it and to steward it going forward. Because part and parcel to these agreements is that they are harvested. Because actually, that if you do it, if you manage it sustainably and think about it, you actually can store more carbon through harvesting the old trees. And letting new trees grow, right. um, but it's all about how you do it. Like yeah. Dale will say, it's you can cut every tree on the property, you just can't cut them all, all at once. Time, yeah. You know, and yeah. and so do, do you know? You must know Matthew LeBlanc. Yes, yes. Yeah, so he Act he four. he act for and he, yeah, and he's Matt's great. He he is like uh, I'm just amazed by this guy. I'm, we're part of the we're in a group uh, in the Wallace McCain Institute together, so I yeah. know him very well. And he walked me through a force that had been you know that they. They had started managing ten years ago, and then right beside it was a clear cut, and he mm-hmm. was just, and it was so amazing, just to to the um, to the layman's eye, you could just see the difference, like the diversity, like you know, like you could straddle, he straddled, we straddled the line, you could see diversity on this side, and yeah. and that, you know, that you call, I guess you call it monoculture on the other side, right, and yeah. and all the understanding of some of the challenges with that. So, but um, but what I thought, what I love, what Matthew does, and what you're you guys are doing is that. You can do it in a sustainable, actually profitable way too. Yeah, so like yeah, a, it's, it's, it's a like viable it's, business. Yeah, it's it's not, not like yeah. this isn't you know like it's, you know it's, it's it's doing the right thing, um, but it's actually you know so the people are flying Matthew all over the world to to say how are you doing this? You know yeah. what I mean? Like you, like you're you're not only doing it, but you're doing it where you're creating profit, right? Well, I, I think that's a neat transition into because we're coming close to the end of our interview. Uh, these guys are all over the world. As well, and Clearly. so much, so much <laughs> so, so much so <laughs> that um, uh, the other neat little little tidbit here is another previous guest that we've had, Craig Norris from Video Band. Yeah. Um, uh, I he, actually had a chance to interview him in my column too. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, he worked with CFI with Zach and the team to direct a uh, a beautiful film called Kokoda out of Pemba to tell the story of CFI and. Uh, of, uh, of of the great work that's happening there, and um, Zach, why don't you explain the kind of the the, the fun twist to that? Um, you know, with the National Geographic, like that's really really cool. Like this is a huge yeah. amplification of what you guys are doing. I know it's so excellent, and kudos to Craig for making a great a great film. Um, yeah, but it it it's soared. It you know it did seven awards uh, during the film festival tour. It went all over the world, thirty five film festivals, wow. and and as such, kind of got picked up by Nat Geo. They were interested in it, and uh, then you know uh, Hemmings came in and and uh, helped us make a, a, a shortened version. They wanted something nice and short because uh, the film was quite. Um, like a feature doc. It was, it, was, it was longer, so, yeah. you know, and, and they were looking for an online audience. And, and anyway, 
the the new recut uh, is just is exploding. It came out uh, on December 24th. Couldn't have been better timing, you know, and everybody's home for the holidays and people are thinking about, you know, maybe things a little bit bigger and being thankful and and uh yeah it's it's exploded it's it's uh, right around the 200,000 views mark since then uh wow. that's, that's excellent for a film of that you know uh, cuz it's, it's still long right it's still like, long it's like, like 15 minutes watching something yeah. on youtube that's more than 2 minutes it's I tough know. to get millions of views so that's that's really good yeah, yeah and so we're excited about that and and uh you know i think the film in general just has done really well and and i think one of the things that i'm like that's super exciting but one of the things that i'm most proud of that the film did was actually in tanzania um, it was picked up by four national broadcasters, and and you know we did the math and talked to them, and it, it looks like it's 2.5 million Tanzanians have seen the film in Swahili about you know their place about climate change, and that was really really awesome too. They'd be oh. like, yeah, this is this is awesome, man. So Zach, where can people see the film? Yes. And this is the beginning of our wrap up. Unfortunately, I wish we could keep talking um where, where, where can people see the film uh and then where do, how do people get involved because i know there's a few other close friends of mine who are involved now getting involved with the carbon uh offset program that you've got yeah but i'm sure there's a lot more people who want to get involved so uh, this is your chance to pitch it and get people <laughs> connected yeah well i mean we're in sackville new brunswick you can swing by the old schoolhouse um you do it the old-fashioned way Obviously, we have a website, which is www.forestsinternational.org. We're on Facebook, Forest International. You know, you can search Pemba. I think we're the only folks working on Pemba Island. You know, whatever. Uh, you, you, yeah, you can find us on the internet and, and get in touch with me, Zach. Uh, uh, I'm Zach at Forests International. Can people outside of New Brunswick um, offset their, their carbon through your programs? Yeah, of course. Yeah, what, what, our biggest uh, one of our biggest uh, clients is in Toronto, actually, and and uh, that we work we offset in the Maritimes. So that's the forests that we're focused on. So we we uh, at the moment don't go outside and like protect forests in let's say Ontario. It's not uh, it's not where we are. It's not we can't don't have the capacity to manage it. But yeah, this is uh, this is. But about what if climate change is climate change? You know what I mean. So it's going to yeah. impact us no matter where we're at. So exactly. does it really matter if the forest is in New Brunswick or? It doesn't for the offset, but you know for for the ability to get out into it, it's kind of nice. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Well, man, th- thanks for everything that you're doing, Zach, uh, yeah. for the uh, world on for, all of our behalf, yeah. and uh, certainly in New Brunswick, we are forced. Uh, centric uh, province. That's that is our resource, and to know that carbon vacuum. Yeah, to know that we've got uh, a perspective that it's not just valuable when cut. Um, I think is one that we should all listen to, and I wish we should put I, like a technical term to the carbon vacuum two thousand, or like like put a model number to it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> I, I'm I, I'm gonna certainly. I, I, I'm assuming it's kid friendly to watch this. Uh, Oh yeah! Oh yeah! For sure, it's a beautiful film, man. Yeah, it's on our website, and it's also on Nat Geo in the short film showcase. Um, Yeah, and uh, we're we're using the film hopefully to to drive impact. Uh, We have a campaign on right now uh, to bring water to another island that doesn't have water. So you know, watch the film, and if it's something that touches your heart, uh, help us help others. And Zach, next time we connect in person. Um, we will arrange it so we can actually hang out next time. Uh, like this is such a quick half hour, but I would love uh, next time we hang out for you to take uh, my team and I to the property. Let's do it. That would be cool. And I would some love video to. of it. And because uh, this is the first time, like we've been involved with this for quite some, uh, quite a few months now. But um, 
uh, it's been really, uh, this is the first time we've talked about it publicly on this podcast. So uh, I'm excited to go actually see the land. It yeah. Amazing. Let's do it. Uh, that would be most excellent. Uh, get snowshoes? What's that? Issues? You got snowshoes? Snow so I, I thought you said you got some issues. I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> you got not, with, not with you, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, snowshoes. Forest will make it better. My issues are about eight pounds Forest away, and then, then, then I won't have any issues anymore. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have snowshoes and uh, ready to rock that. <laughs> Zach, thanks for coming down, man. Thanks, Zach. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's been a treat. It's been a tree. A tree. <laughs> nice. Oh, Dad man. joke. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com. And on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.